Welcome to the Dollars and Cents Radio Show with your host, accountant and author Carol Topp, the homeschool CPA. Carol takes confusing topics such as money and business and puts them into clear English. She's ready to share her knowledge with you on today's show. Hi everyone, this is Carol Topp from homeschoolcpa.com. You know, I have been running my consulting business to homeschool group leaders for going on 15 years, I think. I became a a CPA 20 years ago this year, celebrating an anniversary. And uh, one thing that has changed significantly in the homeschooling world is that a lot more for-profit businesses are running homeschool programs than ever before. I usually advise nonprofit organizations. The vast majority of homeschool groups are nonprofit organizations, but with so many more for-profits starting, I've been having to uh, talk to a lot more uh, business owners in the homeschool world. And that's fine because I'm a CPA. I understand both nonprofits and for-profit businesses. Well, what I want to talk about in, uh, I think probably the next three podcast episodes are converting a homeschool business or for-profit entity to a nonprofit. So there's a lot of homeschool programs out there that started as uh, for-profit businesses for a lot of reasons. Sometimes it's easier. Well, it is sometimes easier to start a for-profit business than a nonprofit. But now they're realizing there are some definite advantages to being a nonprofit organization and they want to convert. They want to convert their for-profit business to a nonprofit. So I've helped uh, a few organizations do that and I want to cover in the next three sessions what's involved. So in this first session we're just going to cover some of the basics about what is the real difference between a for-profit and a not-for-profit. Then we're going to talk about some of the basic things that need to be done first like creating bylaws and establishing yourself as a nonprofit corporation in your state. And then we'll wrap up with um, applying for tax-exempt status as an organization that has converted from a for-profit to a nonprofit. But let's get started with talking about some of the basics. What is the real difference between running a homeschool program as a for-profit business and a not-for-profit? And essentially, you you might think it has to do with the money, you know, like uh, for-profits have a lot of money and non-profits don't have any profit. And and that's not really it, even though that's kind of in the name, the word profit. Um, matter of fact, some for-profit business owners will say to me, well, Carol, I didn't I didn't make any profit, meaning they, you know, broke even or even lost money. So, so therefore, I'm a nonprofit, right? No, 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 no. If you were structured as a for-profit business, you know, which means kind of by default, you took money and uh, hopefully reported on your tax return, you're for-profit, even if you don't make a lot of profit at the end of the year. No, the real difference between a for-profit business and a nonprofit organization are two things, your purpose and who's in control. So it's not so much the money, it's the purpose and who's in control. The purpose of a for-profit business by default is to make money, to make a profit for the owner. That's it. It's right there in the name, for-profit business. The purpose of a nonprofit is typically one of the uh, tax-exempt purposes that the IRS recognizes. And in our world of homeschooling, the purpose of a nonprofit homeschool organization would be education. And probably education and maybe even a religious purpose, especially if you hold your program in a church. 
And, you know, one of the main reasons why homeschool for-profits are wanting to convert to be nonprofit organizations is because they're meeting in a church and they realize the church is not happy with you running your business on their property. It might be against their own personal policies, but it's probably going to uh, threaten their property tax exemption in their state. So, the the big difference is uh, your purpose and you you state your purpose as a nonprofit organization in your founding documents which would be your bylaws and articles of association or articles of incorporation you just straight it flat out here's our purpose education and maybe religious but really in actual practice it comes down to control and who's in control when you run your for-profit business, like I have my for-profit business, I run a, an accounting practice and a consultation business, I'm in control. <laughs> I own it. I get to decide what I do, what services I offer, what I charge, who I want to hire. I am in control, large and in charge. In a nonprofit, no. The nonprofit organization is not owned by anybody. It is run by a board or a team of people. And usually at least three people need to form a nonprofit. And those three people are usually, almost always in nonprofits, volunteer board members. And typically they are, the, th- the first three people of a board are usually the first three officers. Okay, the officer positions are the chair the vice chair, the secretary, and treasurer. So typically the smallest your board can be can be those three people or four people, the chairman, the secretary, and the treasurer. Those are their roles. Those are their titles. They are the officers. The board has the responsibility and authority to run the organization. They are in control, not the founder, not the business owner who converted to a nonprofit. No, that business owner needs to give up control to a board. Uh, You can add more board members if you want to, but typically those first three are the officers. They're the ones who form the organization and start running it. These board members and a nonprofit board should be unrelated, unrelated to each other and both by business relationships and family relationships. And they should also be unrelated to any paid employees in the organization. So if you've been running a homeschool program and you're you're the person in charge, you might call yourself the director and and you know you're paid out of the profits of your business and maybe you hire other people like teachers or tutors or something like that. You you are not you should not be the board member if you want to get paid, nor should any of those teachers or tutors that you hired be your board members. So that means your board members who's left. <laughs> well, it's typically people who are interested in the education of children via homeschooling, right? So that could be the parents that typically you saw as your customers or clients before. Now they could be board members or sometimes members from um, the community in general who want to promote homeschooling or something like that. Those are your board members. And typically the the most difficult thing in getting a nonprofit started or converting a for-profit business to a nonprofit is getting that board together. People will ask me, how fast can it be done, Carol? And I'll say, it all depends on how fast you can get your board together.
So this board has certain duties. Again, in a for-profit, you don't have duties. You have responsibilities and it's to earn money here for-profit. But in a not-for-profit world, the board has certain duties. And I have lots of uh, blog posts over at homeschoolcpa.com on the different duties that a board has. So you can read about those in, in, in depth. And, and many of my books discuss um, the board duties, in particular my book uh, called The IRS and Your Homeschool Organization. We'll talk about getting taxed tax-exempt status in the board duties, or my board, homeschool board member manual. I go into a lot of information on that, and that's a that's a template, a Word document that you can use as a template to form your own nonprofit board manual. It's like a board training guide. That talks a lot about the duties. But basically, the basic duties of a nonprofit board are a duty of care, a duty of loyalty, and a duty of management, or sometimes called the duty of obedience, obedience to the law, to manage this organization well, to be loyal first to this organization, not outsiders and really not the founder, and to have a duty of care, which means take care of it, you know, both financially and in terms of having regular meetings and doing the documents you need to file and things like that. Um, you know, I said earlier, this board runs and controls this nonprofit. Uh, they have responsibility for it, and therefore they have the authority to run it well. There should be no rubber stamp boards. You're not just forming a, a board as figureheads to rubber stamp whatever you, the former owner, wants done. That's not a proper nonprofit. And and to say, I just want a board who'll just okay everything I do, who will work, you know, tell, you know, I can tell them what to do, <laughs> you know, as the former business owner, um, would be ethically immoral <laughs> and would probably be illegal according to the nonprofit uh, rules and laws in your state. And certainly the IRS frowns upon um, rubber stamp boards who are just figureheads to do whatever the founder or the um, executive director wants. So the board has control, not the not the director. And sometimes in the nonprofit world, that director is the paid staff person called the executive director. The board decides who to hire and fire. The board decides whether hire you as a director or not. <laughs> Even though you might have been the for-profit uh, business owner, they can decide to hire or fire you. They decide what the purpose and what the activities are. The board also signs all contracts, agreements, licensing, uh, things like that. The executive director really does not have the authority to sign documents on behalf of a nonprofit board. So there you go. You may remember again, as you as the former business owner want to convert to a nonprofit, you're giving up control. You're giving up control of what agreements you can enter. You're giving up control of even hiring, firing uh, the people who work for the nonprofit and even what the purpose and activities of the nonprofit are. So if you're willing to give up control, yes, you may convert your for-profit business to a nonprofit. Now, you can decide as the former for-profit business owner if you want to be one of those board members and that's pretty typical so typically a, a founder of a nonprofit is usually the first chairman of the board but then again like I said she he or she's not running this show alone they have to bring on two other unrelated people the, the more is better well, someone to be the secretary who's the keeper of the paper and keeps minutes of the meetings and the treasurer who uh, manages the money so no longer will you as the chairman be managing the money that's the treasurer's role 
it's really, really important that you understand the conflict of interest that can occur in a nonprofit. That's not a problem in a for-profit business. You know, here in my for-profit business, I, like I said, I do everything. I'm in control. I run all the money. I keep all the documents. I make all the decisions. Um, but in a nonprofit, with this board doing things, there can be conflicts of interest. And what that means is if an, a paid staff member like the director, again called the executive director in nonprofits, they can attend a board meeting, they can give a report, they can talk about what's going on, this is very typical, but they don't have a vote at the board meeting. They're not a board member, they just attend the board meeting to give a report on what's going on in the day-to-day operations of the nonprofit. And the reason she doesn't have a vote is because the executive director, as a paid staff person, has a conflict of interest. Her her interest is really in her job and making money by default. It's what the law assumes. And her loyalty is not first to the organization, but the board's loyalty is first to the organization. And they have a duty of care to the organization, not to that founder slash executive director. So when something comes up that the executive director can personally benefit from, like her pay, hire, fire her, you know, even maybe what fees to charge because her fee, her pay is affected by that, she cannot enter into the discussion. Matter of fact, she should get up, walk out of the room and not be part of that discussion at all. And she certainly does not have a vote. That's how you keep conflicts of interest um, out of the nonprofits and you keep the nonprofit board in control and keep them um, able to do and execute their their duties, which again were the duty of care, duty of obedience to the law, duty of management, duty of loyalty. I have sample conflicts of interest on my website at homeschoolcpa.com slash samples. And I just grab them from some other wonderful uh, resource uh, websites that are resources for nonprofits. And uh, you can find them. The IRS has a sample conflict of interest policy too, but it's about seven pages long. <laughs> it's quite long. I went for much shorter ones. But it's something you should understand. Look at the policy. Put the policy into place. Policies are just paper. You need to put these things in place. And that's why I start out saying the real difference between a for-profit business and a nonprofit organization is what is your purpose? Not to make money or be profitable anymore, but it's probably an educational and or religious purpose in homeschooling. And ultimately, the real difference is who's in control. If you are unwilling to give up control to a board of your homeschool program, your homeschool business, then you should probably stay a for-profit business, okay? You can do that. That's perfectly fine, perfectly legitimate. Make sure you're claiming it on your taxes. <laughs> Report all your income and all your expenses. You will pay taxes. Nonprofits, if they go to in the next step, which I'll discuss in a further podcast, can apply for tax-exempt status from the IRS and their state and not have to pay taxes on their profit. That's very worthwhile. But again, if you are unwilling to give up that control, then chances are you will be running a for-profit business. You probably need to admit that to the, to the church if you are meeting in a church and a lot of homeschool groups meet in churches. Go to them and say, I just want to make it perfectly clear that I've been running a for-profit business and I don't know what your church's policies are on that, but I need to make that clear to you because that's being honest and upfront. There's no reason to hide. There's no reason to be ashamed. 
There's nothing illegal or wrong in running a for-profit business. I run a for-profit business, right? It's my accounting practice. Um, but I do not operate at a church, nor do I expect a church to give me reduced rent or free rent. Have a good, honest conversation with your church. If they say it's okay, make sure you ask them if they have considered the property tax exemption that um, is probably affected by for-profit businesses being run out of churches. Almost every state gives a, a property tax exemption to churches, but only if the churches do not conduct um, business, regular business activities on the church's property. So I hope that's helpful. There's a lot more to learn. Of course, you can always find me over at homeschoolcpa.com. I am doing consultations for for-profit uh, homeschool businesses that want to convert and uh, to nonprofit status and, and explain to you what that is. I understand that a lot of you probably don't have a lot of nonprofit experience. So it's really wrapping your head around the differences between for-profit and non-for-profit. And again, uh, you being willing to surrender that control to a board. You know, it's actually quite beneficial. Let me finish by saying having a board help you run this organization is really the way to go, in my opinion, because the load is shared and it's not all on you. All the workload is shared by the board members and then the volunteers who are going to be more willing to volunteer because you're a nonprofit organization than when you were a for-profit business. So, hey, thanks for what you do to promote homeschooling and help parents to homeschool successfully. I'm always here at Homeschool CPA to help you be successful leaders. I hope this has been helpful. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for joining the Dollars and Cents Radio Show with Carol Top here at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. For more helpful information, visit Carol at her website, homeschoolcpa.com.